Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. Hey, I'm Johnny, founder of the Venture Out, the best way to get your morning started. Sign up at theventureout.com. And I'm Bo. I enjoy life, love, and the happiness. Pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness yes. that comes with being around other people. Hey, that's great. Yeah. I prefer the... He didn't say us. <laughs> I kind of other, other people. people. <laughs> yeah. All right, so today is... Tuesday, it's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yes. Tuesday, February 19th, 2019, and the Junto. It's 2-19-2019. What did I say? You said February 19th. It, I'm just telling you the, the date and the year. Oh, oh, it's two nineteen twenty nineteen. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. Okay. Good looking out there. Yeah. Yeah, all right. And uh, the Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy our show's not quite that stuffy, but here and there we stumble upon something profound between the geeky jokes. So how are you guys doing? Doing great, man. I think I need to do that uh, shameless plug again. Yeah? <laughs> For the Patreon.com slash Junto Show. Uh, there it is. There it is. Ah, yes. Sign up. You get exclusive episodes. Too hot to talk on the regular episode podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, for a buck or two or whatever, you donate and we get to do what we love to do. And also, I'd also like to say that we are live streaming right now on Twitch. So <laughs> yeah. feel free to find us on Junto Show. I'm just kidding, but we're not recording. <laughs> yeah, so... No, the, we re- like, it's cool if you do. That'd be really cool, right? Are you recording? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm in this limbo where I don't know if John's telling the truth or not. So what you get as part of being a patron or a premium member of the Junto Show is bonus content. An episode for every episode we release on the main feed. Mm-hmm. And in this week's episode... We talked about the uh, the the Chris Pratt controversy that he was getting some pushback for attending a church that's known for being anti LGBT. Then we kind of talk about that and whether or not it's a you can be a good person whilst being a member of an organization that is seen increasingly by society as being less good than it once was. It's kind of how that breaks down. <laughs> I thought it was a good discussion. Yeah. As it, usual, it was it was great. It was so great <laughs> that you have to. <laughs> Pay for it to figure it out. Yeah, I should really sell it more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, find out what happens to Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be fine. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Uh, oh, I think I had a topic. Oh, okay. So I, sp- I spent the weekend in uh, in New Jersey. Have you guys ever been to New Jersey? It's better than old Jersey. <laughs> I, it, I feel like it's not better than anything. Okay. <laughs> I've never been to a rattier, <laughs> more down trodden place in my life. The and garden, I'm from Flint, Michigan. The Garden State? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So was, Newark or Gotham City? <laughs> it At night it did look like Gotham. But like the part where Batman's about to whoop some ass. Some ass. <laughs> like the part that needs it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, man, this, uh, this place could really use some snow to like cover cover stuff up. It's uh, it's rough. I'm not hating. Night. Look, any fans we have from Newark, I'm sure you're a good person. You didn't make the city like that. But it was just, it was rough. <laughs> did you stop and get gas? Uh, I did stop and get gas. <laughs> did you Did you do what I did and stop and get out? And then they were like, and then get yelled at by the attendant there? <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, I, I knew about it because I, I I went through there before. So in, in Newark, you don't pump your own gas. It's like illegal or it's something. state law. Yeah. Some type of, I don't know, probably union thing from way back in the mafia days, which is still current going on. <laughs> but like, yeah. So if you get out, so I got out to pump my gas or whatever. And then some dude walked up to me and the rules are don't walk up to me <laughs> in public. So I'm like, hey, bro get back and he's like no nah, i'm gonna pump your gas and i'm like no nah, i got this i'm good and he was like no like you know he had to explain it to me but i hate when people walk up to me in my car i'm just like you're either about to rob me or beg for money and i don't know which one and i don't 
care to be robbed. What if it's a hot girl walking up to you? Uh, they rob. They rob too. They the main ones robbing people. So, so you say the same thing. <laughs> you, you say the same thing. Hot girl walks up to you. You're like, whoa, hold up there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you don't say. You say, whoa, hold up there. <laughs> That's nice. Back in. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to take a quick scan for knives or whatever in her uh, in her hands. Was <laughs> <laughs> she Edward Scissor hands? <laughs> or that's how they get you, man. Anyway, <laughs> all right, so we're going to get things started off with our first segment, Hot Take News. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Okay, so the first thing that I have in the Hot Take News for today is that uh, there's a growing movement among the cattle rancher community, that's uh, cattle ranchers, <laughs> to define meat, the word meat, as being things that are only from animals. So I don't know if you've right. seen things like the Impossible Burger or like there's a, a big growing movement of plant-based. The Impossible Burger. Is that what you were trying to eat the other day, Bo? Uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. What was I trying to eat the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I no, eat just, so many things. I'm I just saying like in restaurants, they do that. like, here's a five-pound hamburger. Mm-hmm. Oh. Try to finish it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not, the impo- it's, not, it's not impossible in that it's hard to eat. It's impossible because <laughs> it's like ears of rock. <laughs> <laughs> Try to eat this. I saw you <laughs> chew through a bone, a chicken bone, the other day. So well, the, the impossible. Cal- I need calcium. <laughs> the impossible burger is a plant-based uh, burger patty that is so close in taste to beef that it is impossible, mm-hmm. and that's it's made so, by Impossible Foods. And so, I, I've had it. It tastes oh, pretty I, good. It's good. I don't remember. I haven't ate beef in so long that I don't remember exactly what it tastes That's like. That's the right answer. Yes. But it was <laughs> good, and the critics or whatever say that it mimics the taste of beef very closely. Nice. Okay. So, fundamentally, does no one have else have a problem with this? With what? With impossible meat. Like, I have fundamental problem with what they're trying to do. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think Why do you have a problem it, it is this? the saving grace. I, this is the future, buddy. It's going to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, you eat meat for meat, like if you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. You know what I mean? Like, this is why we need things like the Impossible Burger. Well, which it gets but, people. Yeah, but I'm just being like, like, man, I don't like, I don't like beef, right? So what can I find that tastes just like it? Define don't like. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know so, an aversion right. to it. But but uh, move on to your second point there, Lance, about the artificial meat stuff because you had more written there. Maybe that'll uh, yeah maybe satisfy yeah. Bo's comment here. Well, so so one, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> it's funny I, that you would have an aversion to it. So, so angry about it too. I'll get to that second point. But me in particular, I I do not eat beef. I don't eat pork and I don't eat uh, random stuff. Ostrich. But it's you not don't because eat great eggs and green eggs and ham either. I mean ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, the honorable Elijah Muhammad says the pig is a filthy animal. So, but it's not because I dislike the taste because bacon's one of the best things going. So if there was a plant based thing that tasted just like bacon, I would be all over it. And so my my aversion isn't to the taste of meat; it is to the killing of the animal. Well, I, I so think you're I, ethically against meat. Mm, for me personally, I don't consider okay. meat eater people bad people, but wow. like it, it bugs my. If I think about an, a piece of meat on my plate being directly from an, a living animal or whatever, relatively coherent, it 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 bugs me. It freaks me out. Okay, and so like some people, like hunters or whatever, I have friends who hunt. I could, I could not, in a, minus a zombie apocalypse, kill something. That's on my bucket list, and then eat it. I, yeah. it, it, it grosses yeah. me out to know. See, it. I think that's actually closer to what you should do. Yeah, right. Like, totally. if you see something, you know, 
you gotta get primal with nature be part of nature this is what we're you know our roots you you do it and then you unlock the pandora's box that is your own instincts of killing stuff like i find out that i love killing stuff well i mean you did say pandora box it's a dangerous game yeah (laughs) man okay so there's also there's these plant-based products that are coming out and then there's also a growing uh, bugs (laughs) yeah there's that too which they say it's you, it tastes good and that's a good source of protein or whatever but like once we're eating crickets or whatever that's a well if you wanted something that's like you know uh was it carbon neutral and like good for the environment i think you know eating bugs if to get your your protein is probably one of the best sources to do it i saw this thing where it was like this factory where they no okay no they were using roaches to break down trash i was like were they eating the roaches but it was just like a million roaches at this factory and it was the most disgusting video you saw but they were doing something really productive but they were either eating them or using them to break down trash i forgot but don't google it okay but there's also <laughs> there's also lab based like where they're using uh animal like proteins or they're using animal cells in a lab like in a petri dish and then growing that into a burger patty so do you think so one one should they allow these plant-based protein deals to be called quote-unquote meat do you think that that should no. be allowed? Yes. Why, Bo? Uh, well, I mean, I can't buy champagne from California, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's got to be from the Champagne Valley, France. Yeah. Oh, not this. Oh. It's true, though. <laughs> this is the most asinine conversation. Is this, it? This is uh, yeah, this is bringing some bad memories here. It's like okay. Cheese has to come from a certain place. Bourbon has to come from a certain place. Like you know what? Bourbon does. If the greens are exactly the same, like down to the not though, down to the cell. If you can't tell cellularly different what it is, or or down to the atom, you should be allowed to call it that. Okay, so so Johnny says the the cellular growth stuff should still be called meat. What about plant stuff, Johnny? No, it's the same thing, right? No, no, it's not the same. It tastes the same, but it's that one's plant. Like I think you got a better case for like the the cow cell growing into a thing in the lab. I've actually looked up the definition of meat, which led me to the definition of animal, which is a living organism that feeds on organic matter. So does it eat something else? Typically having specialized sense organs and a nervous system. So does it have a nervous system? Can it feel? Yeah. And then finally, can it able to respond rapidly to stimuli? Rapidly, huh? I don't know about that rapidly need to be in there. Yeah, Sloth is an organism. Yeah. Slap it around and won't do anything. <laughs> Faster than plant. Plant never moves. Yeah. Well, that's so it. yeah, so based on those uh, criteria, uh, a meat grown in the lab, ignoring the GMO side effects and whatnot, it's uh, it, it would have a nervous system. It was it was fully formed, right? It would need to eat another animal it would, if it was it would, fully it would formed. Not. It would. Well, plants no, no, don't that, have nervous systems. No, that's not like the, the lab grown meat or whatever. They're not like growing a a full cow and then slaughtering that for the beef. But I think that's where I'm extrapolating it too. They're, they're, they're burger plants. <laughs> you know, burger flowers, just, right? Just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> mm, they're ripe. Ripe. <laughs> These are only meatballs. Not good enough. There's a worm in this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't think that that, that holds Johnny from the, the, the lab-based yeah. beef because so, it never gets to be a nervous system for sure. I, right. ca- I can say that if I go to a restaurant and they and I look at veggie burger you know, versus a regular hamburger, you know, in my head, I think meat, right? But if I don't know if it's, you know, from an animal-derived mm-hmm. thing and they say meat, I'm going to assume it's from, you know, some Betsy, you know, <laughs> out in the field. Betsy. Betsy. Uh, okay, so for me, I 
I don't think it should be illegal. Like I don't think anybody should be getting, getting arrested for this or whatever. But yeah, I, I agree I, with that. But uh, I do think that it is worth making the distinction that the word meat be reserved for animal-based things. Like whatever you have in mind as meat, I think should be meat officially. And like this new stuff, this plant-based protein stuff or whatever, we should either make some cool new word E-meat. for it. <laughs> Or like meat, it's like M E E T. We should make a, make a new word for it, or make a distinction. Because one, uh, I'm looking for that, so I would prefer not being confused about it. <laughs> yep. Two, and and uh, and two, I think you know it's it's worth. Uh, they are different, so like just call it stuff that is different, different. <laughs> yeah. I think if I owned that company, I'd sell it both ways. Capitalize on the people who uh, don't know the difference, and also capitalize on people who want the plant based. Don't trick me about my food. <laughs> I oh, trick okay. people all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you tricked me with food and you were like, "Did you know that you were eating coffee grounds and plaster?" I'd be like, mm, "This tastes pretty good." You it, know, if it goes, I probably wouldn't. If it goes that way, that's fine. Well, <laughs> no, it, it's not. It's not. It's, <laughs> no, it's, not, it's, not <laughs> it's not fine. Never trick people with food. But I, I do think that if you if you feed a carnivore a vegetarian thing or whatever. No harm, no foul. But yeah, if you yeah. feed a vegetarian some oh, yeah. beef. Oh, that, yeah. That, that's a clear no-no. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, only because I assume that no no meat person is like offended by eating vegetable on accident. <laughs> well, some are, but, but that's silly. I think that's super silly. Yeah. You know. Some weird discrimination. <laughs> All right. So ne- next story. The um, TSA in 2018 found 11 guns a day in carry-on bags. Yeah. Okay. It says uh, the number of guns found by TSA was up roughly 7% from 2017. And so and then I looked at the historically or whatever and it has quad the number of guns has quadrupled since 2008. Like they found like 900 guns in 2008 and like 4,280. Yeah. And how many guns got through on that shutdown? <laughs> well, they, uh, one, one one lady at least one, one lady got to Japan with a loaded gun <laughs> in her carry-on bag. <laughs> But they said that it wasn't due to the shutdown. They said, like, on that particular day, there were fewer call-outs than on... Well, call-outs, though. Yeah, fewer call-outs than on the same day last year or whatever. It's just too many guns in the country. Let me see. Oh, okay. So can you guess the top airports that where they find guns at checkpoints? If you think about it for a second, you'll guess it. Um, well, LaGuardia and Atlanta are the two top airports, right? Mm-hmm. So which one of those two do you think has more guns, New York or Atlanta? <laughs> well, probably Atlanta because LaGuardia has a lot, or New York has a lot more, a lot stricter gun laws, right? Yes, that's true. And also yeah. Atlanta is in Georgia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking like actually probably in Texas or something. Right? Okay, so which one in Texas? Uh, let's see. Not Austin. Not Austin. <laughs> yeah, they're two, they're it's two. either Houston or in Austin. San Antonio, right? <laughs> which one's bigger, Houston or San Antonio? Or Dallas? Actually, which is the three? Dallas is the biggest, right? So Correct da- the mundo. See? Dallas. All right, so Bo, Bo got it. I'll go ahead and end it here. The number one gun airports were Hartsfield, Jackson, and Atlanta, Dallas, Phoenix, Denver, and home sweet home, Orlando. <laughs> oh, really? Orlando? Yeah, there's been like two or three deaths in or- Orlando airport. Did you see that? Like a TSA agent like killed himself, jumped from yeah. the, oh, the balcony. Oh, well, that doesn't count, really. Does it? Died in the airport. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, and then there was like a gun scare while I was in, in Jersey. I saw like on Twitter mm-hmm. that there was some guy. I forget if he had a gun or if they thought he did or something like that. Just a scare maybe. I think I he might have actually had a gun but yeah. didn't actually shoot it. I think is what happened because they definitely arrested him. So I'm like, he did something. That's a lot of Florida mans and Florida <laughs> women, you know. Yeah. Things almost to be expected. Well, Florida is wild. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I guess Florida, I mean, Orlando is way smaller than Tampa or Miami, but we still, I guess we're probably crazier though. I think we're one of the top airports, though. So Tampa and Miami mm. are bigger, but we have more traffic. There you go. There you go. You got something you want to add there, Johnny? Yeah, I'm all good. All right. Let's see. So uh, 
the next thing I want to talk about was, have you guys heard about this Green New Deal? Some of it. The uh, tenets of which the Green New Deal resolution published by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and some other guy who I feel <laughs> is also important. But <laughs> I, I do kind of like it. The other guy was like, I know. I'll get some recognition. <laughs> no one knows it. <laughs> So I'm going to try to go through it quickly or whatever. I'm just going to read off the different little... Uh, yeah, the highlights, man. There's a lot. I read through that. And it is a lot of stuff yeah. here, which I think is good. Like, uh, the world is going to, you know, more or less be... Of course you would. ...on the course to be destroyed in 12 years if we don't do something pretty serious. So <laughs> so I'm just going to read a thing and then tell me if uh, you think it's good, all right? Okay. Let's see. Eliminating pollution and greenhouse gas emissions as much as technologically feasible. Well, well I mean, that's not like... Bad. Yeah, I mean, so I, <laughs> so I actually did my homework a little bit more this time compared to other podcast episodes. After <laughs> I was chastised by a friend of mine uh, for not preparing enough for these episodes. That's funny. Um, so after reading through the Green New Deal, which is actually not that long of a of a uh, resolution, it's like fourteen pages. Yeah, yeah, not too crazy. Even I can comprehend that. Um, I gotta say, the first half of it is like general fodder, which is like it'd be a no brainer to agree with it. Do you want more jobs for everybody? Yeah. Do I want higher paying jobs for everybody? I, I guess so, yeah. Do you, do you want less promotion? Sure. Not like, everybody agrees with the pollution thing. <laughs> I think the more uh, sane people will agree with most of those comments in there. And uh, when it gets into the second half of the act, it then outlines some actual yeah. guidance and uh, objectives to go for. And again, I, I think it's just so Does easy it take to... take a turn? It's like, yeah, I mean, it's well, that's not a turn. It's, it's just very ambitious. Yeah. I'm saying, do you want to make Captain Planet? <laughs> <laughs> Called Don Cheeto. <laughs> I was going to say, it's very predictable why and who would have problems with what's in there. So it's it, it's almost a, I don't know. I read it and I was like, really? That's it? There's nothing like earth shattering in here. It just states the obvious stuff. I was trying to the, stop the earth from shattering. That's the whole point. <laughs> well, then the obvious. Uh, N.K. Jimson. Uh, adversaries of it would come out of the woodwork, so it's it's all playing out as expected. It's, so I'm not sure what the mm. the big deal is about this whole thing. Well, it's, what's the big deal about the Green New Deal? The, the big deal it. is that it's a big deal. <laughs> Literally, it, it's it is the most ambitious attempt to stop the end of the world through, through climate disaster that has ever been attempted, and actually is getting more traction than anything thus far has gotten either. So Obama actually had in his uh, 2008 platform a type of Green New Deal, and he implemented some tenets of it through the stimulus package then, but it was like nobody knows that in their mind. You never thought about it. You don't remember it. And also the climate has been getting worse over time. So the fact that somebody, somebody is out there trying to address the fact that of the five hottest years on record, it's been the last five years. You know. So, so again, I... I and I, I can't stress enough that I 100% agree with everything you're saying, Lance. Mm-hmm. So let's go on the record and say that mm-hmm. I agree. And let's, I would like to. I feel like there's a but there. Yeah, and we, so we, I no, don't believe it. We, no, can, no. we contentiously <laughs> agree so much. No, 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 I, I totally agree with that. I, I'm just saying, and, not but, okay. and, right? I agree with everything there. And I worry what happens now, though. Like, where do we take this obvious statements? Where do we take the obvious statements? The, the plan as outlined in this resolution seems um, a non-starter given the political climate. So it's kind of like saying, I don't know, um, I don't know, just giving an audacious vision of somebody, but then it's like, well, how are you going to achieve this thing? It's not it's not implementable the way it is currently written and strategized out. So what do you want me to do with this piece of 
nothingness. One implementable is in the heart of the behold, in the eye of the beholder. Whatever you want to implement, can be implemented. It's my it's my opinion on that. Have you ever heard of the thing called the Overton window, Johnny? So, so, so you say implementable. You think this is going to be passable, given our current political yeah. climate? I think Johnny's really like, so this could be done, but it sounds more like propaganda. Whatever you want to pass, you can pass. All you got to do is vote on it and pass yeah. it. All right. So you think it will actually pass? I don't think it will actually pass. There you go. As long as there's That's a, all I'm saying. As long as there is an, in, uh, a political party in the United States exactly. that is radical uh, on the world stage. Exactly. But if you put out a bold plan like this mm-hmm. and then run on it mm-hmm. and gather the support behind it mm-hmm. and then win, then you can then you put it in place. What yeah, that's it. I mean that, what's, that's it. Yeah. What's not going to happen is that anything nothing will happen if you don't make an attempt. And this is an attempt. This is putting it out there, putting it down, giving people something to work towards, yeah. helping them formulate their thoughts. And, and don't ever construe. I'm saying don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not throwing my hands up whatsoever. I just disagree with the tactic, the strategy as outlined in this Green New Deal. Nah. I totally agree with the concepts and the reasons on why did we need to do something like this. I'm just sensing that given our current political climate, it's not going to go anywhere. But nothing, nothing would. But a a, I think you're not saying this, but. A modest proposal wouldn't go anywhere either. I think it would. I don't think it would. See, and that's where we differ. Yes. yes. Because when when one political party in this country right. says that snow like, brings a snowball onto the floor of the Congress and says because it's cold this, outside, this, this snow is the wettest it's ever been. Because there's there's <laughs> because there's snow outside, that means that climate change is is, is fake, or that or when the the president of the United States says that climate yeah. change is a hoax put on by the Chinese by the Chinese, they're not going to do anything to fight a problem they don't even believe exists. So a modest p- proposal like this, this, this compromise or, or this, or just like this cutting your own wings, clipping your own wings thing before you even get a chance. It, it doesn't work either. So what you're going to, you have a better chance of doing rather than trying to compromise with, with intransigent people is to be bold and, and progressive and you, and Use the power of persuasion to get people energized to get uh, them to the to the polls. I I I just love how you think that could actually work. Yeah, it, it's very idealistic and very. Hey, they they get their stuff. So so here's what really happens, right? So here's my my real thoughts on this whole thing. One, oh, the real thoughts. All right. Yeah. So the real thought is is that if you go into a negotiation, Johnny, play their part of a Republican or whatever, right? Okay. On the number line, wall. <laughs> on the number line of very conservative being a negative, being a negative ten, very liberal being a positive ten. Okay. Or you, you can flip it if you think it sounds biased. That's fine. I'll be negative. And the centrist being in the middle. So what date says about me? If I come, if I come at you with a, a modest plan, I, if I want on the number line a two out of ten of progressive stuff, and then you want a negative five out of ten, we compromise and it ends up at a zero. No, it doesn't. You mean negative one, right? Whatever it is, it it ends up it ends up close to negative one. All right. If no, I, it doesn't. I disagree with that fundamentally. So you can't proceed with the next step of your argument. Okay. One, that's my point. Yes. But at the same, but at the same time, <laughs> if you, I've seen for the last twenty years, Republicans being very ambitious in their policy goals, mm-hmm. and then Democrat, very very ambitious, and then Democrats compromising with them, and then getting something very close to what they want. And, I, and then the Democrats go in with a very ambitious compromise plan and then end up getting less of that. And it gets drugged to the, yeah, I, to the I, right every time. Like, it's so it's, when Obama put the Obamacare, and it's, if he had started off saying it's going to be single-payer health care and uh, we're Canada-style, everybody gets everything, and then it, it would have probably ended up being 
like whatever the best part of Obamacare was. But what ended up happening was that it started being a Republican plan implemented by a Republican governor <laughs> that was thought so, of by again, a Republican I, think tank, the Heritage Foundation, yes. and then – I understand, the the his- I understand the history, but I disagree still. Because if Obama went in with single-payer health plan, universal health care everybody, the thing would have just died on the leaves or whatever. It, was, it would have gone nowhere at all. Instead, he went in with something that's actually ambitious and achievable, and we got something out of and it. And how many and Republicans voted for it? We got it. How many Republicans voted for it? It's still in existence, isn't it? The fact that it's worked. But the, that's the point. The point is that zero Republicans voted for it this thing. Matter. That was it, Republican is it thing. working right now? Yes, more or less. Yes. So, so one, this thing that if you compromise with them, that they'll give you something does has been proven false time and time again. And we could have gotten a uh, single payer if there was uh, one more liberal senator. Uh, what's his name? Joe Lieberman voted against it, and he fought for it, fought against it, mm. and that's why we didn't have single payer, and we got the compromise with mm. Obamacare. So, if we had mobilized people yeah. to get a more liberal just I mean a uh, senator in office instead of him yes. then we would have gotten totally that. that I agree with that that is what, what I'm talking about in terms of reading the strategic environment and scanning that and understanding what people are thinking and how far they would go you know and I think what we see in AOC's uh, Green New Deal is not a reader of that at all it's just an ambitious plan yeah. to stir the conversation that won't go anywhere and I don't feel like that is a productive no, um, at, at, it'll not as, as not as productive. It is producing something. It's generating this conversation, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to result in legislation that actually will change our lives. It'll yeah, for sure. It'll result in more. Have you heard of the Overton window? All right, go for it. Okay. I think you talked about this a little last week. Right? Uh, I I think it's a very important concept. So I probably talk about it a lot. I don't remember talking about it on the show. Okay. So the Overton window is basically the universe of things that are considered politically feasible. They can fit through the window, supposedly or whatever, and. I've seen conservatives over time really expand the universe of things that are considered possible or plausible mm-hmm. by being very yes. ambitious yes. In, in their things. And then the Democrats or whatever, liberals, yes. are very reserved. And so yes. they keep getting these compromised things. That's good. So I'm like, I say. I say be as ambitious. I, I, I say I, I even say be, be a little ambitious. bit more ambitious. Maybe even a plus one on nope. that scale. And I say be as ambitious as Republicans, plus one, right? But what I see with the Green New Deal is a plus 20. Nope. Yeah. So th- I think there's a difference in. Uh, so uh, Rick yeah. Perry got up on stage and said he would abolish uh, the Department of <laughs> Education, Department of Energy, <laughs> which he now runs, and then like two other departments or whatever. We still don't know to this day. He it never came oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> the cliffhanger. I hope he runs. Yeah, uh, and uh, what's the name? Uh, EPA. So I, I see all of these these very like they they're not scared to say the thing that they want in, in, yeah. a, in a in we a perfect say we world. want too. No, some people say we don't want ice. We're going out saying that right now. That's new. Oh, that's new. We're saying it, and the fact is there are candidates right now running that are backing the idea of abolishing ICE. Yes. Which, so which, it's not too different from what Rick Perry was saying back then as far as abolishing certain agencies. But but So same as how we now get the Green New Deal and other ambitious liberal things, all of that's new. Like Bill Clinton was, was super compromised. Hey, he was distracted. <laughs> During a government shutdown. That's uh, the part that you don't yet remember. Uh, and and uh, what's the name? Obama. I love Obama, but he also <laughs> kept trying to. His whole thing that he ran on was the the Great Compromise. He kept. He tried his best yes. to give up Social Security and, and entitlement entitlement reform, and they wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I say we need to be super ambitious, and we'll get what we can, yeah. but we'll get more yeah. if we start from a, a better uh, negotiating point. At the end of the day, this is good dialogue. The fact that we're having this conversation about the Green New Deal is what should be happening, and no way has that crystal ball. To, to know what happens here, so and President Alexandria Ocasio Cortez will get it done. Yeah, if she's <laughs> old. Whenever she gets old enough, I know. Yeah. Which is the, the world will be over by the time she's old enough to be president. Yeah. Okay, well that's all the time we had for that, and we got to none of the tenets of it. But uh, 
it's really it is really ambitious and it definitely won't happen but you know more of it will happen if you try it than if you don't try it. <laughs> you sound like Trump now. It's like, I declare the national emergency. I didn't have to do it. I could have taken my time, but I just want to do it faster. So we're going to pass the Green New Deal, and it's going to go to court, and it's going to go to the Ninth Circuit, which it shouldn't go to, but it's going to go to. Then it's going to get turned over by the next Republican Congress. Then it's going to get turned over by the next Republican co- government. Then it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and we're going to win. <laughs> Maybe get a fair ruling. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is crazy stuff. <laughs> All right, uh, and I guess let's see. Um, let's do one more, man. Okay, all right. <laughs> so apparently, there there must be like a grand total of zero black people working <laughs> in the fashion industry. Just in in the last week, there was <laughs> Gucci put out a eight hundred and ninety dollar blackface sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry put out like mammy, ain't your mama looking blackface shoes. Burberry today put a model on the runway with a damn noose around his neck and that's just all the things that have happened in black history man that's <laughs> a, not a scarf it's an, no it was, it was it it's probably meant to be like a necktie or something but right <laughs> and like oh you know what let's use uh you know rope, rope. cord yes <laughs> let's bring that back uh. <laughs> yes bring it back it's, it's, it's throw, throw back old school <laughs> so I, I do have a couple of thoughts on this one do lance which was hey i agree i think there needs to be a screener for all this content you know yeah, especially for the big companies who can actually afford it, you know. Me, I will do this for you. Gucci, Prada, you, uh, Ace of Spades, yeah. you name it. Five, well. one five hundred dollar <laughs> fee, flat fee, and one of the thing that you that you uh, want me to prove, and I will tell you if it's racist or not. Yeah, so I, I do agree that they, sh- you know, there's some there is some kind of uh, self regulation here, but you don't want to take so like the person doing the runway, they're an artist, right? They should have as complete freedom as can possibly be allowed right i don't know about that well i, 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 <laughs> I agree with that well, i think my perspective well, was f- fashion is a indicator of our is an expression of our culture so we okay. should express our culture in such a way but we need to be sensitive to um races bigotry tropes and such like that but still tap into the true uh root of the culture so if i see a fashion uh, company comprised of like 99 black people and one white person like all right sounds good to me they're, they're producing a fashion statement so that one white person is probably not going to see what's going on in the urban uh, community. So, but you have them there just to screen things out just in case. (laughs) No, I don't think we should do white pointed hats guys. I don't think that's a a risk. (laughs) Uh, that's, that's interesting. The, um, also that, that news. Okay. So one, you should, you're free to do your art for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't want my last statement to be construed as saying that we should be restricting art in any way, shape or form. My services that I'm offering, and you can catch me on my Twitter, is that I will stop you from having this embarrassing thing where you're making an apology and everybody's hating on you for a week because you did some stupid racist stuff that you didn't think was racist because you have no black people at your organization. <laughs> you can rent this black person. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, pay me. As long as they're paying me, I will I will give them my services, my consulting <laughs> services, <laughs> and, let, and uh, save... <laughs> I will save Katy Perry the embarrassment of having those. Uh, one, they were ugly. If if they were fire, maybe we could have a conversation. But they were ugly and also super racist. Like, don't do both. And uh, do one or the other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, and, uh, it's it's out of control. It's Black History Month. I got Black Panther last year. I got to deal with this BS blackface all over the place this year. Ridiculous. Yeah. Out of control. <laughs> Got a lot of fans. All right, and that's the hot take news <laughs> for all of us here at News Center Four. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> well, we'll be right back after this. Welcome back, folks. 
This is Johnny. And I'm Lance. And I'm Bo. Quick, red alert. Everybody, into the captain's radio room. That's not what the radio room is for. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to avoid this mess. (laughs) I believe that I can do more. Hasn't that been the problem all along? You've never been willing to do what's necessary to attain this. First officer, Bo, reporting. Science officer, Lance. All right, well, for this captain's radio room segment, I really um, want to tee up a question that Lance has been bringing up here, so I'll... uh, Okay, so we live in some crazy times here, folks. It's uh, we live in. I a live time. in a very nice homeowners association, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but that's that's a more of a location based thing than a <laughs> than a. Uh, what's the word for time? What's the cool word for time? Temporal. temporal. That's, that's temporal. more uh, location based than temporal. All right, it's a temporal anomaly, Captain. <laughs> yes. So, so as it stands right now, <laughs> the world's richest man and the president of the United States are having a feud, which got me to thinking: which one is actually more powerful? You got everybody says the president is the most powerful person in the world, and I think like as far as killing stuff, for sure. Yeah, but right now they're they're feuding. So I got to thinking, who could do the most good? Like if you had to do, if you had four years of either being the world's richest man or the president of the United States, and you wanted to tackle some issue to do the most good in the world, or or you just want to do the most good, which one would you rather be? Well, if you're the world's richest man and you fixed all the roads in Detroit. You wouldn't like that, though, would you? You'd be like... Who, me? Yeah. No, I, I think it's a good thing. I just hate that they have to do it. Okay. Yeah, that's my stance on that whole thing. Okay. Well, um, I think a world's richest man. Your reach is... Um, you can be as exacting and specific as you, you want to be with your, your finances. Right? Would, would they actually let you build the roads? Is that a thing? Because I know, yeah, the, I so. I know they, Domino's did it, but it does strike me as weird that you, they, shouldn't, you shouldn't be some random guy building yeah. roads. They let rich people build uh, schools and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But, that, yeah. but you can build a building for sure. Yeah, but I, like roads is public, is owned by the public. I think this is part of the fabric of the history of the United States where uh, rich people have always donated to uh, uh, innovative causes. So maybe not roads are innovative, but you know they've donated to the uh, to the industries. Yeah, but exactly. you couldn't. You couldn't. I guess LeBron James opened a school, but was that a charter school or was that a public school? I think it was a public school. I think it was kind of a little bit of both, I believe. Right. I guess if you go to the mayor and you're like, "I want to give you ten million dollars," he won't be like, "Slow down, bro." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll like, be like, "Okay." <laughs> like, did, like, didn't Google uh, do those fiber optic uh, networks? Um, you like could argue maybe yeah, Elon Musk with his boring company and his uh, SpaceX stuff. You know, there, there's these mega rich people who are doing things, whether it's for profit, but or for altruistic causes, but it's resulting in some goodness. True. Okay. So, so Johnny, would you rather? To, do you think that the person with the opportunity to do the most good mm-hmm. is the president of the United States or the world's richest man? Well, or or a woman, world's richest person. Hey there, uh, feminist ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the way I like to think about this, uh, frame this uh, conversation is, who's more powerful, Captain Jean Luc Picard, <laughs> or a Ferengi with tons of latinum? A what? A Ferengi? <laughs> yeah. That joke is for all my Star Trek friends out there. Your fingers, your Ferengis? <laughs> Wait, is it the guy with the big ears? Yeah, the big ears, because okay. that that species is all about money and uh, and the and the. It's uh, Deep Space Nine. The Deep Space Nine. The big ear dude. The orange guy yeah. with the bigger dude. Bad Cork. teeth. Cork. Yeah. Yeah. Also, oh, Cork's yeah. a Ferengi. Oh yeah, yeah, he he did like his gold bars or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I I would answer in this case, um, President of the United States, and I would say that because. He's got a couple things um, over the rich dude, right? So I play a lot of Civilization, and a couple ways to win the game, win the world, is culturally, 
you know, I think the president is more embedded into the fabric of the United States uh, identity and can affect more of a cultural change, as we're seeing with Trump in the negative direction. Um, and then there's also the military might. Yeah, you know, Bezos ain't gonna fire tanks or yeah, or overthrow you know. any small right. countries. He could. Exactly. Yeah. He could economically, which is another way to win. He could buy a tank. Right? He could buy a tank. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. could buy a tank, he but he's not going to be like, yeah. you know, okay, we're going to get all this aid to uh, Venezuela, and then we're going to use the power of the yeah. IMF and the WHO. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think even the United States would allow a private citizen to do that kind of stuff. So I think it's almost as if, well, one of my own citizens is causing this stuff. I need to put it down my own citizen, kind of. Put down. <laughs> I knew I'd say the wrong words. <laughs> of that. Uh, I don't know about that. I think, well, I think if they disagree with them, yeah, maybe. But I, I, I mean, that, that, that's clearly in the preview responsibilities of the executive branch. I mean, that's why some of uh, Trump's people got in trouble before he was elected because they were talking about lifting sanctions off of Russia. Hey, you can't do that yet. You know, you're not in office. You don't have the authority to speak on behalf of the United States. No, that's, they got in trouble honest. because they were doing it on behalf of the United States. If they were just some random guy at some consulting company, they could do whatever the hell they want. That happens all the time. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess, yeah, I claim that. Um, but anyway, so I would vote for President of the United States. I, yeah. I think if you were a president with a supportive Congress, you can do more. But I think if you're a president with a... Uh, yeah, national emergency. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Just, just build a wall Done. around poverty. <laughs> Done. <laughs> uh, okay, so which one would I ra- rather be? I think I... So uh, obviously taking the private jets and uh, Playboy Mansion out of, the, out of the picture or whatever, like just doing pure good. Like not which one would you rather be? I think... <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of the... That's kind of the real pure good. Yes. Well, you like the... You're being narrowly focused on only who can do more good. So, so you're saying I can't have a grotto? You might have one, but like that's not fa- a factor in your choice about how much good you can do in the world. Can I have a bat cave? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. I bet I want to look at Bezos' Bezos's house now. I bet it's crazy. Um, yes, I think that a president with a supportive Congress is more powerful or can do the most good. But I think a the world's richest person is able to do more good or is more powerful than a president with a opposition Congress. Yes. What about, okay, so um, does the amount of bad a person does balance out the goodness? Is it kind of like, um, I'm thinking like horseshoes or those games, you know, you if if I, or uh, was it uh, Cornhole, right? Mm-hmm. So me and you are on opposing teams and I'm good and bad, right? And good throws uh, one and it lands on the cornhole board. So that's one point, right? If if uh, if bad throws, they're, they're being bad. It also lands on the on the cornhole board. Well, now I subtract from the good mm-hmm. and they're back at zero points. Uh, we talked about this the other, the other day. And uh, I think everybody, at least I, mean, I think me and Johnny came to the conclusion that uh, it is not worthwhile to add five points of evil in exchange for five points of good. Okay, well, I'm just saying that, you know, if a president's decisions, uh, you know, he does half good things and half bad things, but the total amount of absolute value of the good, if you just take out all the bad and the amount of good he does is more than probably what a insanely rich person can do. But an insanely rich person can probably do more objectively good without negative consequences also, I, mean, so, so I think the, the Bo, whole, I think Bo was saying a president would have to compromise and the act of compromising there may be some negative effects there but he's willing to live with that because there will be a greater good in the end 
Mm. Uh, Kind of. I I just didn't know if, like, so the president can, let's say, go down to Venezuela and then overthrow that little country, right? Venezuela's not a little country. (sighs) But they can, can, you know, set up a coup or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Coming soon, by the way. Yeah, so (laughs) I don't... I, I personally don't think that's a a good way to go about it, but the the Venezuelan country is obviously kind of going along a path that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. If the president does, you know, overthrow that country, uh, in the end, I guess it is good, but... Nah, 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 nah. That's not good. Not good? Well, I'm very anti-overthrow countries. <laughs> and also, uh, the reason that Venezuela is so poor and people are, so, are doing so bad over there, a big part of the reason is because of crippling economic sanctions put on by the United States and the uh, the world. Really? Power. That's where you go in this conversation? Yes, he brought it up. I, but I, and it's the thing I only learned recently is that, like, you know, everybody's saying that Venezuela is is in such dire straits and it's doing so bad, and it's because of yeah. the socialism or whatever. And that's part of it. But a big other part of it that nobody ever seems to mention is that we have put crippling sanctions on them. Good. Yeah, we're trying to uh, get rid of the Maduro regime. Nah, it's a dictator's regime that is causing harm to his own people. The harm is being caused by us blocking their food and resources. Yeah, I mean, there's probably there's so, probably see, two things to it, right? Uh, so, like, Maduro is probably actually doing some bad stuff, right? Yes. And then we're like, okay, since you're doing bad stuff, we're going to hurt everybody. <laughs> so, so, so what are what are yeah, options though? Yeah. What are options though? Do nothing, economic sanctions, military might. What else do we have to affect change in the Venezuela? I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking upstream of the issue of what you're seeing as as being the the country being in trouble. Upstream of that is us. Like they would be in less trouble. I, like to the point where we wouldn't need intervention. Okay, so let's, like we we, so we want let's go in this hypothetical. We want war. it to seem like they need to be uh, regime changed, and that's why we have done the harsh sanctions that we've done. Yeah. Okay. So like I, we are we are a big part of the problem. They yeah. wouldn't. It wouldn't be a hellhole. Wow. We were so fundamentally far apart in this concept right here. I mean, have you looked into it? I know some things about it. I mean, I believe in economic sanctions. We should do sanctions on the countries that are oppressing their people. The, the, well, what's the, not to the like sanction, about the that? sanctions aren't on because they're oppressing their people. The sanctions are on is because he the the president of Venezuela put big taxes on. The oil reserves. I in understand the that concept, but how do you affect the change? At the end of the day, we're a nation trying to affect what, the change. What needs to be changed? Nation. That the people are suffering over there. The people are suffering because not we, because of our economic sanctions. The people are suffering because of the dictatorish rule. No, no. I, yes, if he would. It's chicken and egg scenario. No, it's not at all. Not at all. I, he caused the problem, and we're trying to affect the change on it. I disagree. Yeah. Or yeah. the the fact that it, it, it's obviously it's everything is, is a, fa- a function uh, of two it's only things. chicken and egg if the climate was fantastic. And we put economic sanctions on them for no reason. That's part of what that's. It, so the economy wasn't fantastic. Like they were a, a oil monopoly company. Like a big part of their economy was based on oil. And then when they were the, the OPEC group, uh, I, I don't know about all that. But yeah. but once the price of oil like went in half or whatever, then that really did uh, harm them because they were so oil based. But then also what happened was that he, I mean, the president of uh, Venezuela increased the amount of money that the, the government was taking from the sale of oil mm-hmm. and that if, if you look at the american history from every uh, we, we went to oh, yeah. I, I know america yeah. has a horrible history their of, member country. Uh, that? Of, yeah. their member country okay. of opec yeah well we were in uh, yeah, i understand we have a horrible history there okay. the fact remains we need to do something just because we failed so many times or made errors and mistake doesn't mean we don't try again though. they're not mistakes it is a purposeful 
policy of overthrowing countries. Like we overthrew Iraq because uh, Saddam Hussein was trying to uh, mess with the oil. Yeah. So like, in, I the, know it's based on incorrect facts, but let's say um, it's, it's, it's not, the the power players know what they're doing. Not, don't 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 be yeah. fooled that they don't that they, that they are trying to be altruistic. They are protecting the 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 glo- the the multinational corporations' and that's, assets. And, and I. And I'm not naive enough to think that they are doing this for 100% altruistic causes. But when the cause of altruistic aligns with um, other economic needs, then all right. But the fact remains, countries under dictatorships like that or pose a threat to the United States have to be dealt with. One, they don't pose a threat to us. And two, I'm not convinced that – I'm convinced that a a much bigger chunk of the suffering that is being experienced in that country is due to the actions of the United States than, than you are. Well, you are entitled to your opinion. I, I, I see the United States doing economic sanctions on other countries like Russia, like Iran. Um, and I say, good. You know, we we need to turn the screws on them to affect the change that we want them to it's, have. It's, it's hurting the people, though. What other me- mechanisms do we have to affect the change? We can't just, oh hey, free trade everywhere. Iran, go ahead, go for it. I'm, um, I'm not convinced that they would need. The, the, the to be changed if it wasn't for what we are doing to them is my point. Like it wouldn't be a perfect country, but like if you look at America's stats on what we do to our people, somebody should be coming over here and overthrowing us. Like we we incar- incarcerate more people than re- regressive regimes in China, in Russia, in Venezuela. Like a bigger percentage of our population is in prison for various reasons. We have a higher poverty rate than a lot of other countries. People are dying and going bankrupt because they don't have health care. So like for us to be this judgmental country that's going around. Uh, overthrowing governments because they're bad or whatever, like it's, especially on the in case of Venezuela, for the sake of discussion, for where South American countries, right? We, Banana Republic kind of thing. Well, I, started, I don't even think it's. I mean, I don't want to speak too much on it. I, I don't know exactly how bad it was, but I know some information that came into recently brought it to my attention that a big part of why there's such hardship in Venezuela is because the the United States and our friends in the global stage sure. have made it. You, you can per- say the same thing with North Korea. No, no, North Korea is different. <laughs> We have like gigantic sanctions on them, and that's why the people can't free trade. But we have sanctions on can't trade as much North, as free trade. North Korea is is a whole different thing. Like, why is a, that different? Because uh, North Korea is a much more regressive, re- repressive regime than, than okay. Venezuela. So we're going to judge the amount of repression on the people now. Uh, yeah. Maduro, you're not so bad. We'll live with you. Assad, just tone down the chemical weapons, bud. Uh, North Korea, oh no, 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 too far, too far, buddy. Yeah, no, like, it's crazy. I, I, that that is a very dangerous moral slope to be on. Am I on pace here, Bo? I, well, I I think I, I kind of feel like y'all are both wrong. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, good, good. you know, I, yeah. I, and I don't know where the the right, complete right answer is, but I want to say that you know, you know, Johnny's right that you're really limited in your yeah, options and the upside right there. So like. <laughs> You you have uh what is it right you have a country like Iran right that will pick on some Middle Eastern country Middle Eastern country X and what they do is they have a policy where essentially they're extremely repressive to the female population right and so we say hey you know we're not going to lend any of our money to you guys until you pass laws or or do something to improve the um. Uh, uh, how the women are treated in your country. I don't know the right word to say this, that that inadvertently hurts everybody, but you're kind of like, well, you know, these are the policies. And, and if you are going to do business with the United States, you have to have certain 
uh, ways that you're going to treat the population, right? Mm-hmm. As far as it would respect to Venezuela, I actually don't know how bad Maduro is over there. I'm sure he's probably not the best person in the world. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know, uh, I think he's, I think he's like a, maybe a below average world leader. I don't think he's in the bottom ten percent. Well, I mean, I don't think he's as far as everything I've seen from from what it is is he's uh, is he's not he's not I don't think he's that high. I think he's much lower than. Where I you're think there's worse. I think he's di- on the b- very bottom. Of I think there's yeah. worse dictators right. with less oil sure. who were not worried about going yeah. to overthrow. Yeah. There yeah. are worse murders out there. Yes, you're right. Sure, but murdering's murdering. Bad is bad. Evil's evil. We're not going to put up with any evil. We just talked yeah. about that too. And he, well, I'm there not going to put up with any negative evil. Yeah, so, Saudi Arabia's over there beheading their people. Or whatever. Like, I'm just saying this. The, the reason that we, that. One, the reason that we're talking about going over there is because of their oil reserves. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with that sure. completely. And yes. and I think that that is wrong. But I think that, you know, if we have in this group of people, we're saying, okay, we're going to do business with some external force, right? We're going to do business with your neighbor down the street, right? And we find out your neighbor is doing some kind of shady stuff. We say, hey, you know, we don't like, you know, the vibe that you're uh, you're putting off. I don't know exactly the right word. We don't like you. Um, creepy. Yeah, you're creepy. Uh, we're not going to do business with you. Mm-hmm. And so that event, that hurts his household. But I think that we can say we're not doing business because of these policies. So if you change these policies. It, 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 it's more like it's more like I sliced your, your tires and, and I also locked you in your house so that you couldn't go out and get groceries. And then I call child services on you because your kids are starving. That's what's happening. No, I'm not sure about like completely. That. I've got if, one. If they're got jailing, one. they're jailing and killing journalists, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, you know, you don't want to do a business with a country that does that kind of stuff. Except so, for right. Saudi Arabia, Russia. I'm I mean, not you probably don't want to do business with these countries. Yeah. Okay, I'm not but, the United but, States is but perfect. We, but either. we're doing that though. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I would say every relationship is. Yeah. We should put know, sanctions on uh, Saudi Arabia. Complex, but yeah, we, we should. We should. But at the same time, though, you can't you can't put sanctions on Saudi Arabia. And then make it and make it so the people are starving, and then say we need to go take you over because your people are starving. I'm not saying we have to take them over. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're just saying, hey, Maduro, you got to go. You're bad for your people. That's, okay, we're we're about to go over, and, and they've already somebody's already tried to kill this Maduro guy. Like, uh, wait, aren't yeah. there two presidents in Venezuela? Is that the, is that that country? Yeah, that's, that's a country. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> have you read up on this stuff, man? <laughs> that's the it's, Guaido it's, thing. There's so much going on. So Juan like, Guaido is the interim Guaido. president that we were backing right now. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yes. why you're over there saying that? You know, we're not trying to take over the place. We're, we've already backed the coup that's going yes. on over there. So, yes. like, <laughs> it's. It's yes. already in motion, I, and I think it's part of our responsibility to do so. Nah, man. Yes. See, we, we're, we're and that's fighting. where I just—that's where I think you're. Yeah, wrong. yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> my, my, my stance and the role of a, of a government is different from you, your all's. No, I'm I'm saying that we caused this problem, and now we're trying to go. I disagree fix it. with that. Well, look, look into. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give one more analogy since we're throwing out analogies a little bit. The way I view the situation is: let's say the three of us are in a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. All right, waiting on it. Okay. Friendship forever, <laughs> <laughs> right? So clearly, we're on the same side. We're on the same team here. Okay. Okay. I thought one of us was, one of us was a zombie. <laughs> no, no, one no, of us no. was pro zombie. No, no. <laughs> all, all three of us are uh, are alive and fighting for our survival. Okay. Right. We come across this one dude, and and we're starving. Okay. So we're, we're starting to run out of food and, and uh, supplies. We come across this one dude, and we know that he is um, trapping humans, like luring them in and then killing them. Right. And cannibalizing them. That's actually one of the plot points. Anyways, so. So this person is murdering people and eating them, right? Should we not do something about that? But hey, just it just so happens he does have a pantry full of food too, right? So as we make a decision, hey, 
should we do something and save the innocent bystander who keep on falling for his trap? I would say maybe yes, right? It would be a good discussion between the three of us, but I would say maybe yes, we need to do something about that. As long as it is rooted in the mm-hmm. right reasons, let's go take care of that guy, and then we'll help ourselves to the pantry. Well, how does he get his food in his pantry? That's the first question. Right? <laughs> so, so going through this, I would be like, I would be tempted to be like, learn his secrets and then off him, right? <laughs> or just like a time up, right? I mean, you're going hypothetical, mm-hmm. safe space, right? <laughs> yeah, nobody will listen to this. Okay, well, I see the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just in that, man, that, that hypothetical. I don't know. It's, it's so removed from anything that, that I don't know that it's useful. But, yeah, it's totally useful, totally pertinent. I, I don't know that I would. In this, you're I'm, making the argument that we're doing that just for the resources. I'm saying we, let's try to focus on doing it for the right reasons. And then yeah. have to go. Food in pantry and, is oil. Maduro is guy offing people. Yeah, but which is true. It's like we create the zombie apocalypse to get this guy. Look, I'm gonna send you a podcast. If I send you a podcast about this, we listen to it. Yeah, of course. Okay, all right. Yeah. And then we'll, that's, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> I, I, I would be curious because it really convinced me uh, that that we are a bigger. I won't say the entire problem or whatever because yeah. they they the oil prices went down, and I'm sure this dude is is bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think it's underappreciated. Just, just, just keep in mind if he has resources to help his people right there for him to do something with he's got the money and he's got the resources and supplies to do something to help his starving population and he doesn't do something that he, is he wrong. can't that's my whole point he has the food across that oh, bridge you're talking about the zombie dude i'm talking about no no i'm talking about maduro he ha- we united states have nah that's that's, that's propaganda that's propaganda too <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if i'm hungry and there's food over there and you call it propaganda give me the propaganda Okay. It's, it's if fun. I'm hungry, it's, my my it, population is starving. Kids are dying. Kids are underweight. What's the country food we went right to there with the uh, Pinochet? Uh, what Chile? Chile. Okay, so oh. so during the the Chilean Revolution or whatever, like they, the United States, uh, brought weapons into. I'm not the, saying we haven't done anything wrong. I'm <laughs> saying the fact remains there are people starving in his country, and he's not doing. And the fact about remains it. that the United States sends weapons to the to the opposition in these in these food uh, deliveries. And things like that, and the fact remains that they need food to be delivered to, to them because we have stopped the international uh, trade of their number one export because we want to, to take it over. I'll I'll do some more fact finding, but I don't think this is a case of chicken and the egg. It's it's look, I don't want to make it seem like it's one to one. Like this is the only reason yeah. that they're in a bad situation is because of us. But my, my my whole point is that it's underreported and I think under uh, less understood than it should be by the American populace. That a big reason why Venezuela is quote unquote such a hellhole is as a direct result of things we have done to intentionally make it so, so that we can go in and be the and, and take o- take over their oil. Yeah. They say it out loud. Like you can listen to the, the hearing. Like I'm, I, I'm sure there are people who say that. People you, in power. Like this, I'm not. I'm not. The, the same people that that did Iran Contra are running are in the Trump administration right now. Like Elliot Abrams and these other people who have taken over these other countries in South America. The exact same people. <laughs> are now in the Trump administration doing the exact same stuff. So, like, I hear you. We, we make mistakes. It's not but a mistake. Doesn't mean we don't try ever again, though. It's not, see, it's not a mistake. It is a per- it is a policy that is being done on purpose. It's not a mistake. It is this is these people's worldview that this is what should happen, and that they're doing it on purpose. It's not a mistake. Yeah. I, I disagree. 
right, we'll, we'll, we'll follow up on it. I've seen the thing. I've seen the thing. All right. Uh, I've seen things too. <laughs> no, no. I, I will send you the thing. Oh, okay, okay. I will send you the thing. Gotcha. Okay, I think that's probably about it. So, uh, World's Richest Man, better. <laughs> that's what this conversation was supposed to be. <laughs> Maduro should be replaced by Liam Neeson. No. Okay. Well, at least you probably actually do better. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson ain't the answer. <laughs> the population should go down, though. So. <laughs> People would be taken left and right. All right. Uh, so take us out of the Captain's Ready Room, Oh, Ronnie. folks, uh, let's uh, call off the red alert and let's get down to 10-4 and have some drinks, guys. Yay! I think well, Guinan's down there waiting for us. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Untouched Show. I'm Bo. I'm uh, Johnny, not, not Lance. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Battle Angel Lance. And you're Battle Angel Lance. <laughs> nice. Well, welcome back to our world-famous pop culture uh, segment. Uh, and if to get us started, Johnny... I got you, man. I got you. So, as always, I start off uh, with the Nef- Netflix corner. <laughs> right? I'm still uh, unabashedly all about them. So, two two new series rare, I started watching. <laughs> <laughs> One is the Umbrella Academy. Oh, it's out. <laughs> it's I just out? I finished it last night. Oh, I didn't realize it was out. Ten episodes, yeah. all out right now. Man, you watched it in one day, Bo? Yes. Wow, I feel like I'm behind. Yeah, it's... Uh, so yeah, based on a comic book from Dark Horse, the synopsis is the show revolves around a worldwide event where 43 women spontaneously become pregnant and give birth on the same day. An eccentric billionaire sought out these women in hopes to buy the children. He managed to get seven of them. Mm, man, uh, yep. some, 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 some guy was real busy that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Flash. <laughs> 43 women that's, a, that's close to my so, record so Bo uh, what did you think without any spoilers of course uh, okay so uh, my impression of it is uh, I've seen the story before so mm-hmm. nothing nothing too fancy this exact story like, it, it, like it's a it's, it's a commonly like a, used trope or you've, you've, yeah, or it's, you've it's heard it's a commonly used trope yeah. okay. it, and, right. and that's done for a reason because the writer has actually also worked on the X-Men so he rehashed the core concepts in just in a different way yeah so you know that, that might be taken given too much of the story away but uh, the uh, what is it? I would say if you if you haven't seen it, um, I would say it's skippable. You can go ahead and skip it. If mm. you get into it, you, you know, just go ahead and power through it and finish it. Oh, power through. Mm. Yeah, I, I will say uh, for it though, um, maybe it was done on purpose. But Ellen Page is like the main character kind of thing. Uh, Ellen Page, Ellen Page, yeah. Fame. And um, I would say this uh, show really. For me, watching the whole thing, um, not to bash on Ellen Page, but it shows the limits of her range as an actor. Oh, I felt I, like yeah. You know that that that's a perfect segue, if I may, Bo. My yeah. my critique of the show was, um, there's one or two standout actors or actresses in the show, but for the most part, so far, I'm four episodes into it. It feels like it's a very subdued vibe of a show, and I, and I feel like when yeah. I'm watching a show like this. I want it to be a bit more eccentric, like the billionaire. You know, like give me something more memorable about these performances. So I don't understand as an actor and actress, if you're portraying a role, don't you want to own it? Don't you want to do something more with it than just, I don't know, seem to go through yeah. the motions a little bit with the script. It's So yeah. give me something more. For a superhero type thing, as I imagine this is, I I would prefer, like I prefer, like the kick-ass world where everybody's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was kind of the what I was kind of hoping to get uh, from it. Um, but I would say that it it does fall short of that mm. of that mark. Um, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's it's not good, but it kind of felt like to me like um, you know there's like a feel to it, and then whenever they 
and it was like almost it would jump to these completely different kind of I don't know like emotional tone that is trying to go emotions like, like the uh, the shooting scenes like you know whenever um, there's a couple sh- uh, scenes where there's a lot of action and shooting and it seems to completely at odds from like the most of the rest of the show like and the, because the second unit director is directing that one as opposed <laughs> yeah, to the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. main director so it's like subdued and slightly kooky and then like completely off the wall during the, the shooting scenes say off know? the wall yeah, all right. So, yeah, I'm reeling me back in. Well, so <laughs> okay. So, is the action satisfying? Uh, I don't think you're there for the action. Yeah, I think you're there for the story. Hmm. And if the story doesn't do it for you, then you just wasted ten hours. Yeah. It has good characters. I will say that the yeah. characters are good. So, it's my understanding that the one of the main characters is a black actress of some sort. I yep. forget who. Yep. I forget who is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is she actually like a main character? Yeah, yeah. She and she's she's one of the best in it. Yep. All right. Good. All right. The uh, the second show I'll highlight that I watched from Netflix is a show called Dating Around. So the synopsis here is: I heard of it. In a series of flirtation and fails, six real life singles navigate five blind dates. Their mission: find one perfect match worthy of a second date. So the whole concept is: Is it this. a Netflix original show? They they're doing reality shows now. It's a Netflix original. It's a reality. They got to hit all the bases, right? Yeah, I guess they got so. to. I guess they got those cooking shows. Those are reality shows. So in this half hour episode, you follow um, one person. Let's say it's a guy. So he's out on a date, and he has five blind dates, all right? No narration. It's just cut seamlessly between the dates. So first step is, like, you go get drinks, right? So he slices and cuts between the five different dates, and they go get dinner. They cut between the five scenes, and then uh, taking them home or something like that. Um, so the whole concept... Play a Grab an Uber Lyft home or something, or Lyft ride home. And uh, the whole episode ends with the last bit being the next, uh, whatever, the, the, the next day... Um, who will they choose that they want to go out on a second date with? Mm. Right, so you're you're watching them. Um, these dates, dates are on different days. Yes. They, okay. Right. Yeah. So it, it helps because the main character, the the person um, on the dates, is wearing the same outfit. Oh. So it makes it kind of interesting. It's like okay, so same exact outfit, same exact locations and everything, mm. um, but only the date changes. So it keeps. I mean, if this is a controlled experiment, yeah, you want to yeah, limit basically that. Is, yeah, <laughs> you limit your limit your variables. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was very insightful. I like observing, especially when it comes to romantic matchmaking, such. So, so is it all stud, studs and hotties, or is it like regular people? So it's in um, New York City. So that's so far it's been in New York City, I believe. So that's been a little bit different, where it's not a direct match to match in in our um, uh, in our uh, where we live and such, but in a more of a metropolitan place. You know, they have uh, more swanky places to go to their dialogue might be a little different the, the stuff they talk about is different they may have more options too to date around okay but i'm so. saying like is it is it like the bachelor style where everybody's like a 10 all beautiful or whatever or is it like regular losers i think it's <laughs> <laughs> i think it's more regular and i think it matches who the uh, focus of the of uh, the episodes on I, I think that's so, probably I'd be more curious to just see regular people on dates as opposed to like yeah. you know these uh yeah uh, yeah so, so so they're not all tense by any means like um, and they're a little bit different each episode too. Um, first one was about a guy. The second episode was about a girl. Third episode, I think, was about a, a gay guy. Fourth episode, I believe, is about a um, somebody later in their life where oh, they're yeah, um, the yeah. significant other passed away, so now they're a widow. Exactly, back yeah. on the dating scene again. Uh, yes, and they're not all tens either. They're like you know sevens and whatnot, and they date in a range. As long as above a three, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would recommend that actually. So it's only a half. What hour. made you watch that? It sounded appealing. People go on dates, and I get to watch them. <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> you ever watch those, uh, like the the old trashy dating shows, like um, not not the not the Bachelor, but like Eliminate. Hey, that's not trashy. Or like um, not Bachelor. <laughs> or like like oh, I think you are watching like uh, like Eliminate or um or Next or uh, 
or any of those things like that. I remember there was like a, a late night one on like TBS, and it was I think it was called like I think it was very similar to like Blind Date Name or something like that. And I remember they always had like these really. Uh, just they got the two craziest people together, and they were like, "Y'all go on a blind date, and we'll film it." <laughs> I love it was just like bonkers or whatever. Yeah, no, it's not like that. It's it's yeah. more realistic, I believe. Like I, real conversations. It's going to get to that. Like, though. It's going to go yeah, back to <laughs> by the sixth episode. Yeah, yep. I saw somebody get stabbed on cheaters. <laughs> A few people. Okay, so uh, I uh, actually, me and Johnny spent this Valentine's together. Uh, we had a, a Palentine's, and we went to the movies, and we saw. Battle Angel Alita or Alita Battle Angel and uh, so Johnny what would you think of that movie um, I walked away feeling better than I thought I mean I walked in with uh, medium expectations not much knowing much about it except for the trailer um, as I mentioned to you I felt like this was a movie that made a leap in technology with the CGI effects because the main character Alita I really felt the emotions that she was trying to emote from her facial expressions so yeah. So the I think CGI that, on this movie was great. Yeah. So Rosa uh, Salazar did a fantastic job. She's also been in Maze Runner and Bird Box. Who was she? Was she just like a? Was she the person in Bird Box that? I think I, she had a big role, but she might be in the house. Okay. Yeah. I think I think yeah. I know who she was. Yeah. Um, okay. So you didn't have much background on it. So when mm-hmm. I first heard about there being a major motion picture based on anime, I'm a big anime guy. For those of you that don't know. Um, I sought out the Alita Battle Angel anime and watched it. And it's trash. <laughs> the fighting was kind of good, but it was a it had all kind of plot inconsistencies that was stupid. So yeah. I was like, mm, you know. But it was it was probably way ahead of its time. Though. It it was really <laughs> cool looking and had like I mean, there's a, a million mech or like Ghost in the Shell type anime with like some type of uh, woman who is part robot or whatever. But um, the the story was just crazy. But I was like, it, I was excited to see the fight scenes translated to the big screen and I was like they'll they'll fix the plot points or whatever in post because it's going to be a big picture so I I, I kind of predicted you might say something like that right mm-hmm. so I went on to uh, salon.com and they did a review so this uh, this dude Matthew Rosa actually um, his quote was attending movies should not come with homework assignments and if a film only works if you study its backstory in advance there is something terribly wrong now, I don't think that you need to know the backstory behind it. Like, th- not at all. My point is, yeah. it's a very simple movie. Almost like <laughs> yeah. just walk in, enjoy the action, enjoy the simple plot, and just go with it. So the fact that this guy is talking about doing homework, like, whoa, I'm not sure what uh, what movie he was watching. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, you'll yeah. walk away from, like if you just go in blank, which is probably better yeah. than yeah. anything else. Then it's not like he's watching Maduro Battle Angel or something. <laughs> 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 Call back. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I um far as uh oh okay i've been reading the avatar the last airbender comic books some of the best comics i've read in my entire life i've, I've probably i've read six of them in, in like two days yeah, is this one with ang it's ang ang uh, katara uh Sokka, and in toffer so it, it basically starts off right where the series ends and goes on to talk about how so the whole thing with the avatar airbender show is that the fire nation invaded and then colonized a bunch of places. So like the first couple books are the people of the earth nation dealing with being colonized by the fire nation. I'm like, Whoa, it's, it's like these cartoon characters talking about colonization and racism and stuff like that. I was like, yes, sign me up. And, uh, it was great to be back with the characters I know and love from the avatar show. And then talking about serious issues, whatever, like the writing is just as crisp and the art's great too. I recommend those comic books highly, the whole series. 
Fantastic. Uh, well, so um, I watched the Umbrella Academy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other movie I watched, I think you'll probably already seen it. It was Annihilation. It was I the I saw that. Yeah, it was the Natalie Portman feature that came out um, last year. Nah, mm-hmm. I saw the other one, the the one with the translation of Alien Language. Boy. Oh <laughs> well, then you wouldn't like Annihilation. Because <laughs> if you name a movie no. Annihilation, <laughs> I'm hoping some stuff gets blown up. Yeah, well, it, I can't believe you still hate another movie. Right? Name that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, I got, I don't want to give you any ammunition. Yeah, because I, I got a pun going on the name. I exactly. <laughs> I don't want to mention it. Yeah. The whole time I'm just like, when are the aliens going to kill everybody? <laughs> It never happened. Well, so <laughs> think about like arrival. that movie, but it's was no like slightly oh, arrival. Yeah, think about the that movie was slightly more action. So no, arrival no. had more action than this movie. No, 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 annihilation. Uh, no, right. I was about to say I, I kind of disagree <laughs> with that uh, premise. I thought annihilation was almost built incorrectly, which is like it's a almost a terrifying slow suspense thriller type of movie. Yeah, yeah. So. Actually, yeah, I was thinking about it, and after watching the movie, I think that was. Um, it wasn't like the best movie in the world, but that was one of the most completely enjoyable movie experiences I've had in a very long time. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. What do you think about that, Johnny? You agree? It was very enjoyable. I'm going to say most enjoyable or whatever. That, you know, it, it was good. It was terrifying at the moment and great casting, great acting. Can't yeah. go wrong with Natalie Portman. Um, you know. Yeah. There was some, there was some scenes I was like, ah, come on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, what are you going to get with that? Um, it, and I did like the fact that if you were to think like, um, and this probably is in all movies, but this one almost had it in like different stages, like in stories, there's the different types of conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of went through every stage of conflict, you know, or like every type of conflict that you could have in a story. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, uh, then a lobster came out of the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Bo, I remember on your recommendation, I uh, started watching the death of Stalin. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm about halfway through it. I just it's probably still in my DVD player. Kind of okay. Think of it, and uh, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, it, I think that's. I, I, I am curious how accurate it is. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like whenever I saw it, I was like, "Do I feel like I actually learned anything, or was this just really funny?" Um, I do think that there is obviously some truth in that uh, in the in the in the movie. Like Stalin did die. <laughs> yeah, Stalin did die. Stalin had to die of a stroke in the way that he died. You know. Spoilers. Like, they didn't. Well, it's called the death of Stalin, yeah. <laughs> and also he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> and the person that succeeded him was the person that actually did succeed him. You know, just yeah. Steve Buscemi. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, um, but I am uh, gonna ask the group one thing. I am on the hunt for a new book series. I just finished the Foundation. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, series. The Game of Thrones. I probably actually probably gonna do Game of Thrones or something like that. You get them from the library. Did you? Well, it's a ten week wait, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'd probably just go ahead and buy it if I'm gonna do that. But uh, Foundation series finished it. Um, book one, good. Book two, better. Book three, a little slow, but it ends very good. Um, I will say I do recommend the series. It came out in the fifties. Uh, it's it still holds up for most of the stuff. Um, I I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah. So I finished. Um was it prelude to foundation and okay. I, I really liked it yeah i yeah. think that's that's so that's not the foundation that's like out bef- before yeah, the foundation trilogy the timeline so. on this thing is weird yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll probably finish it I'm finishing it let me see so of the book series i've read okay so uh game of thrones is good and obviously you know you already like it and, yep. it, and it fills in the gaps of some stuff too which is good uh the harry potter series you know i'm mm-hmm. not I'm not treading new ground here <laughs> 
I, I'm recommending the two biggest selling book series of all time. <laughs> uh, I really like Harry Potter. And I, I'm not a Harry Potter dude either, which is why I started reading them because I don't like the movies for real. Okay. But then the books, I was like, okay, now I see the appeal after mm-hmm. I started reading the books. Um, there's a series about this sexy vampire, reanim- sexy vampire hunter who can bring people back to life. <laughs> it's stupid, but I kind of like it. <laughs> oh, okay. And the first three Dexter books are really good and really short. Hmm? Oh, okay. Dark I'll probably... I I am kind of interested in the sexy vampire. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's not a vampire, but she she fights sexy vampires. Oh, she fights, so it's not Buffy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now she's a detective. Well, she's a reanimator. So 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 she's like a det- she worked the police hire her, and then she'll bring somebody back to, to life, and then they'll be like, "This person killed me," and then she'll you know kill him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, I mean, she, then she fights vampires on the weekend. <laughs> Do you have any book recommendations for me, John? Uh, no, you know me better than that to ask me for book okay. recommendations. Well, Maybe comic books for sure. Books, yeah, yeah, audiobooks, anything yeah. audiobooks. Yeah. Well, okay, and I mean, all of mine are like leadership type stuff too. So, and that's all. I saw fiction stuff. Now, if you want to get woke, I can put you on some woke books too. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a whole. Yeah. Thing. You won't be able to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, on the 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 subject of like books or entertainment that has a message behind it. Hmm. You know, I think I was watching Annihilation. There is no message behind it. <laughs> there is nothing behind it. Um, and if you enjoy that kind of stuff, then that's a that's the movie for you. There you go. So I I um, segue a little bit here. You guys don't mind. Okay. We did mention uh, Arrival, and uh, <laughs> and how good that movie was. And that was directed by uh, Dennis uh, Villanueva, who also did Blade Runner, another uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I also like. He's two for two on the uh, <laughs> on that time at the movie theater. So the next movie or an upcoming movie he's been he's working on right now is Dune coming Ooh, out in 2020. That's rough, Bo. Right? So it's a tough yeah. story to crack, but I'm all in obviously. But I want to read you the, the cast so far. Okay. Oh wait, I, I, so I Is it Henry Cavill on this guy? No, uh, that's a uh, The Witcher. Oh, I, oh no, man. Yeah. That's too that's that's uh, <laughs> you're going to be so mad about that. Okay. <laughs> so we got uh playing the role of Duncan is Jason Momoa. Hey. Okay. All right. Playing the role of Lady Jessica is Rebecca Ferguson of the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Ilsa Faust, for those of you. Um, playing Paul um, Atreides is uh, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy. What movie is he in? That name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of rave reviews for some more indie stuff. He was in uh, that movie with uh, Steve Carell um, that didn't go very far about the son with the drug addiction. And he's the father trying to reach out to his son over time. But he's uh, had, had other movies too. Yeah, okay. um, he's got to be a younger guy anyway. So. Yeah, we got uh, Josh Brolin. Hey, yeah, Thanos makes an appearance. We've got uh, Zendaya. Wait, who? What is, who does Brolin play? Uh, Brolin plays uh, Gurney Halleck. Gurney Halleck. Yeah, I don't remember Gurney. Not Halleck. Really. But you got Zendaya, MJ. Love it. All right, we got uh, Oscar Isaac. Hey, famous for his role of uh, Apocalypse. <laughs> infamous <laughs> we've got uh, Drax aka Dave Bautista damn it's like all the people I like <laughs> right well, who does he play uh, he plays uh, Glosso the Beast Rabin Glosso the Beast oh man we've I, got, I need to read the book again I'm not even done yet we got, we got three more to go yeah. or two more. I like all these people we've got uh, Javier Bardem he's fine yeah he's good. Uh, and then we got uh, Stellan Starsguard oh hey that's my boy yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's, no, no. that's the old man. Yeah, it's the old man one, the yeah. one from the Thor movies. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. The son, Eric the Vampire, so, he's great. Yeah. So look at that cast, man. That's it's pretty good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. That's pretty okay. Good. Yeah. I, I didn't hear any Vladimir Harkonnen. Who's who's playing Vladimir Harkonnen? Vladimir Harkonnen. Uh, Vladimir. I'm not sure. I didn't say it quite yet. 
Oh, I, okay, still, yeah. Still to be cast. I'm sure it will be <laughs> played by Marshala Ali. <laughs> no, it's got to be some <laughs> fat guy. I'm sure. Okay, uh, and my last thing. Hulu and Marvel have partnered to produce four animated, four adult animated series. It's going to be based on the following characters. Howard the Duck, Modoc, Hitmonkey, <laughs> Tigra, and Dazzler. <laughs> and then they're going to combine to make a uh, an Avengers style team called the Offenders. <laughs> I'd probably actually watch that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It sounds stupid, but uh I feel like it it's going to be good. So, it's a minimum. Do you remember, do you remember that uh there was a, a old TBS cartoon uh with a duck and he would and it was played by the uh George Costanza. Yes, I think I'm I think I'm with you. Duck duck duck. No, maybe not. Okay. Well, <laughs> Uh, I, I think they should remake that show. Uh, old cartoons I like. I like the critic a lot. I would, yep, critic I, was good. Yeah. And uh, I don't. Know, I like I like a lot of stuff. Duck cartoon. What's his name? George Costanza. What's his real name? Jason Alexander. Yeah. All right. You guys got anything else? I think I'm tapped out, man. Yeah, me tapped out. Duckman. That was him. Duckman. <laughs> I used to have to like Duckman used to come on late at night. I used to have to yep. sneak around because it was so. Adult. He was like banging chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was Jason Alexander. <laughs> duck man that's too funny <laughs> yeah i would get in trouble if i got caught watching that. Yep. <laughs> okay so uh that's another excellent epi- end on duck man <laughs> you ever watch that johnny no it's funny it's it's so niche <laughs> it's yeah. so niche that's funny though. i like the show okay so anyway thanks for listening to the show uh please leave us a five-star review on itunes or provide us feedback at a show at juntoshow.com or at juntoshowpod on twi- twitter uh hope you enjoyed it please spread the word to your friends uh thank you for listening we really really appreciate you please also visit our patreon page at patreon.com slash junto show okay and until then we'll see you on the next junto show i'm signing off i'm lance i'm johnny and i'm peace